Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Half Full Gaming Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about RuneScape, specifically old school RuneScape, and also specifically the free-to-play version. If this episode does well, we'll probably do a second episode in the future talking about membership RuneScape. But before we get into all that, I'm your host, DJ, and with me is my lovely co-host, Zeke. All right, and we're here to talk to you guys today. It's been a little while since our last episode, Zeke. Um... I think it was Star Wars Galaxies or League of Legends, I think was the last episode. I think it was League of Legends. So what have you been I, up to? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, so what have you been up to since then? Um, yeah, I've been doing... Uh, well, actually, so I guess after League of Legends, I played a lot of Teamfight Tactics, which is what I was doing. I don't think we ever talked about that on the podcast. I played a ton of that game. I haven't been playing as much lately, but I still get on and play a couple matches here and there. Um, been watching some movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Um... But yeah, not like, I don't know, not a ton. And then RuneScape, obviously, which was the more recent one, which we've been doing a lot of RuneScape. Yeah, yeah, we've been playing a lot of RuneScape for the last month, basically. You and me have been playing a lot of free-to-play, old-school RuneScape. Um, you told me about it and reminded me about it, and I know that we both used to play as kids. And so I jumped back into it, and I was like, I'm playing it, and you jumped back into it, and now we're just like going really deep, getting into different quests and different uh, skills and watching YouTube videos and just enjoying the MMO experience as it is, um, which is why we're doing this episode on it. Yeah, you're right. I was I was really missing, um, like, MMO kind of thing. I wanted to play Star Wars The Old Republic, but, but you weren't, you haven't, you've, since, ever since you, you stopped playing that, you haven't ever wanted to go back to it. But my friend from work, I was chatting with some new guy at work, actually, as a colleague, we were doing work-related things, and all of a sudden, video games came up and he was like oh yeah i play runescape i was like you know what i didn't realize we could still play old school runescape and he was telling me all about it and i got back into it and i told dj about it and yeah like he was saying about a bing bada boom we jumped into it and honestly I, I, last time i played it i was so young i i don't think i was able to like do well in it but like oh my gosh it's so much fun I, it's, it's amazing how i think the grind is isn't is it's, it's really i mean all mmos are grinding but it's more like a fun. They just—it's done well. The good—it's been around for so long for a reason. It's just a done well, very well done game. But we can get into more of that later. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I was kind of missing an MMO that I could play rem remotely too, or something that I could play from a phone or an iPad or, or just. A Switch. Or, yeah, maybe a Switch or anything. I just—I like that kind of mobile aspect of it. And now that you can play old school RuneScape, if you didn't know, on your phone or tablet it makes it a lot more easier to, to do the grind part you're talking about. It's not as grindy, and it's really not that grindy if you are enjoying it, playing it with a friend, or if you have a goal you're working towards. So, you know, lots of ways to make it less grindy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, <clears throat> let's... Anything else? Anything else we've been up to? Um, did we see any good movies recently? I don't know if a lot of I think I saw that that uh, Fast and Furious like spin-off Hobbs and Shaw, but honestly, it wasn't that amazing. Um, really? I was other... I was actually looking forward to seeing that. So it not it was really... good. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like it was not Fast and Furious. You know, ten or whatever is next. You know what I mean? Like it was. It's definitely not a Fast and Furious movie. It is a action movie done in a similar way to the Fast and Furious movies, like with car chases and explosions and you know outrageous stuff but it's definitely a rock and jason statham kind of movie if you like those two i would say you probably like the movie like if you like a lot of the stuff they do like just everything they do that's you i'm sure you'll love it you know but it's it's not as much a fast and furious movie i think it is as it is a jason statham slash rock movie well i do like both those guys so maybe there i'll see go. it so yeah it wasn't a bad movie i was like it was bad i we enjoyed it we had a good time perhaps i'll see it when it comes out to um rent or whatever I just watched Spider-Man again last night, the newest one. That that was good again. It was funny and comical and lighthearted, so it's a good movie. Which Spider-Man? Far From Home with Mysterio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. I liked that a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I just There's watched a it. bunch of controversy about that. We should have you heard? Have you heard about all the 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 Sony not wanting to uh, include Spider-Man in in because cuz technically Sony not Disney, owns the rights to Spider-Man movies, right? And Disney was borrowing it for two movies, and this was the second movie. And then they they, they went to, like, re-up their, like, did, like, a deal and, like, what they're going to do for the next couple movies. And basically, a kind of complicated 
but as of right now, um, Spider-Man movies are not going to be a part of the MCU anymore. Like, like yes. you're, we're still like, like, like the same actor is on for the next two movies. He signed on for the next two movies, but technically, as of right now, things can change. Still, I think things will change. Um, eventually, I think they're, Disney's gonna eventually win out and, and get him back in the MCU. But as of right now, he is not like the next two movies can't be. You know, Tony Stark. This the other thing is, I don't think they can. You know, they're not gonna be part of the bigger MCU universe at the moment. Tom Holland, Tom Holland plays Spider-Man, plays Spider-Man, and he officially yes. unfollowed Sony on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, DJ. Yeah, come on, you can't read too much into those things. Hey, I'm just saying. So <laughs> Sony's but dead no, to he's, him. He's, contracted to like he's he's he said it in interviews like he's contracted to the next two movies and whatever happens he's excited or he says he's excited but well hopefully they can work something out because i would love to see more of those spider movies he's actually kind of grown on me ever since i first saw him i wasn't too excited but then ever since then i've kind of gotten more and more excited and i really actually like him as spider-man he's cool yeah i'm excited too all right um let's go back to video games though since that's why you know the majority of people listen probably um Let's see. Coming out soon, we have Tuesday, this Tuesday, um, in, in this lovely month of September, we have Jedi Outcast coming out to Switch, which is an old school game we've talked about on our Star Wars games episode. Um, I'm pretty excited for that. You going to play that? Yes. Yes, for sure. I don't know. I'm definitely going to get it, and, and I want to play it. I'm actually looking really looking forward. I've been having that Star Wars knit itch for a while. Like, that was the whole reason I wanted to play Star Wars: The Republic. I was like, "Oh, MMO and Star Wars! Like, I just want to get that feel back in." You know what I mean? And I've gotten my MMO fix in, and I'm still getting it in at, on RuneScape. And I really still need to get some some Star Wars fix in, especially since the new game doesn't come out till November, and that's the same time Pokemon comes out. And it's like, ah, you know. And there's so much going on. I just want to play something now, and I'm super excited that I'm going to be able to play it mobily on my Switch, which is awesome. Plus, on console, which I don't think I've ever played it on console before. I've played it on like computer pc um before and i don't honestly i don't remember much of the game i played it so long ago like i'm sure i'll, I'll get to it i'll be like oh deja vu like i've seen this before but i honestly i couldn't tell you like this is what happens step by step so it'll be kind of like playing a new game you know well, as he- i see it i'll be like oh it'll be like reminiscent but at the same time like oh yeah i forgot about that you know what i mean and so it'll be like a, yeah, almost kind of like a, these a new games, game experience jedi outcast and pokemon are the two i'm most excited for this fall I don't play a lot of shooters and stuff, so... Well, the what... new, you're, you're excited for Fallen, Jedi Fallen Order, too, right? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. But, yeah, I'm excited for that, too. That's not coming to Switch, though, right? No. Yeah, so I guess I'll play it on, I don't know, maybe PC or Xbox or something. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, <clears throat> on the topic of Jedi Outcast, I'm going to drop one or two really light spoilers here, but they're very early game spoilers, and it's more just to give you an idea of the game and you let me know if this jogs your memory at all so you start off you're playing kyle katarn and you're with jan your girlfriend wife fiance whatever she is i don't remember you guys are doing missions against the imperials and you're working for the rebels so it starts off as a third person or first person shooter you can do either one you want you do not have a lightsaber you have guns and you land on imperial base and you fight your way into the base and during this mission light spoiler warning mute your thing for you know 10 seconds if you want but it's not that big a spoiler Okay, here we go. Jan gets kidnapped at the end of the first couple missions. Right off the bat in the beginning of the game. Um, the, the, the Dark Order or whoever they are, the bad dudes, they kidnap Jan. And so you, Cal Katarn, go to train as a Jedi. That's the end of the spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything else. Because obviously Cal Katarn has a lightsaber. He's working with Luke a little bit. You see Luke in this in this game, which is available on the you know back and front side of the original game. So it's no spoilers here. Um... Anyways, you train as a Jedi to try to rescue this person or whatever, right? And that's kind of the, the go of the game. There's a couple cool cliffhangers and a couple cool plot twists that happen. There's a really cool plot twist that happens um, when you go to rescue this person. Um, so I'm not going to spoil any of that, but any of that kind of ringing some bells? Yeah, no, I remember the first mission for sure. Um, and I remember, like, a lot of the scenes of, like, you know, Luke and Kyle Katarn and all that stuff, but some of it runs together with me with Jedi Academy because he's also in Jedi Academy even though you don't play as him and so like that whole like I guess I guess in my mind they were all like one big game like one big sequence like Kyle Katarn because it's, it's a direct sequel into Jedi Academy you know which is the next one that, that comes out in like a couple months I think is also that, is that scheduled for a couple months from now 
It is, yeah. Sweet. So we'll beat this one, uh, and then we'll play the next one. We'll beat that one. It might be. It might be early next year. I'm not sure. It could be like January, February of next year. I'm not sure, honestly. Well, we'll do an episode on the Jedi series of all the video games. We'll break them all down because I'm sure we'll want to talk about them after we play them both. Yeah, I've played quite a few of them, and I've seen you play the ones that I haven't played, and then like the original ones that kind of stemmed out of like what they stemmed out of. I, they talked about them on some of the podcasts, the IGM podcast I listened to, which. And I like I had to write in because I got some stuff wrong. I was like, guys, 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 do your research. Like, did you really write in? <laughs> what I did, I wrote in. Nice. Because <laughs> they were talking about like how it's, oh yeah, it's like a third person game. And I'm like, guys, like, do you even remember the original game? Like, it, it all started out as a like a a first person shooter essentially. Like the original first one was a first person shooter, and you could eventually they uh, they they kept the same mechanics, but they made it to where you could switch between third person and first person. You know what I mean? Because eventually yeah. it was like a first-person shooter, and then it became like a first-person shooter slash slasher, right? First-person like lightsaber, you know? All right, all right. I'm going to drop some spoilers here on these old games, quick. So just warning, <laughs> you guys. Skip, I think it's okay. I think the statute of on spoilers is I over. Think I think so. I think we're well past. So first game is Dark Forces. It's just called Star Wars Dark Forces, and you play Cal Katarn, and you're a rebel fighting Imperials and shooting Stormies. Then the second game is called Dark Forces Two. Jedi Knight. So it came with a second, like a third title, Star Wars Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. So it was like a third title. And that's when he becomes a Jedi. So what happens is Cal Katarn's father, um, I believe he dies. I think he gets killed by a Sith or something early on in the game. He goes to visit his I father's remember, house. I remember that game too. I remember that game. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very boxy looking. I don't think it's worth going back playing unless you like really want to know what happens, um, which is why oh, I, think yeah, I it, skipped it. The quality's, yeah, a little eh. Yeah. But, uh, but it was good for its time, and it was fun. Um, and then uh, they did a Mysteries of the Sith, which is a shorter game, which not a lot of people know about. It was called Star Wars Jedi Knight Mysteries of the Sith. And that one kind of got glossed over. And then you did Jedi Outcast, then Jedi Academy, and then in the future we're going to do Jedi Academy 2. Just they haven't announced it yet, and nobody knows. It's a scoop for everybody right there. Oh, really? Where did you see that? I'm just kidding. I'm pulling that on my butt. I'm hoping they would. that oh, was so cool. so awesome. I, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, they're re-releasing them. But then again, that doesn't necessarily... They're putting everything on Switch, so it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean yeah. there's a sequel. But I mean, if they do well, they sh it should be. The problem is EA owns the licenses right now and for Star Wars games, you know what I mean? And I just think between EA and Disney and everything, like... For something like a fan thing like that to get remade, like, eh, I don't know. It, it would it, be so cool if they did. They but had I to just... jump through hoops. It's not out of the question, I don't think, but it's not, like, a given, you know what I mean? Like, if the Star Wars license was much more open, I think it would be different. But, like, who made the original games? Do you know? Yeah, they were done by LucasArts. So that was before LucasArts got bought. They were actually a game development studio. Hmm. So, so they, they did their own LucasArts games. now? Uh, Disney purchased it along with the Star Wars license, and they shut down most of the studio. That sucks. So they have the so they technically could give the rights of the game to somebody so they make a sequel. Sure, Not like they did Battlefront. Yeah. I'm sure they right? could. I think they own everything right now. Hopefully they don't destroy it like they do Battlefront. <laughs> That's a topic for another podcast. That's a topic for another podcast. Is... <laughs> As well as Pokemon. We'll save Pokemon for now. I'm podcast. a little hurt. I'm a little hurt. I'm just like, I believe it at that. I'm a little hurt with what they did to Battlefront. <laughs> yeah, Battlefront's been a sinking ship downhill ever since they tried to reboot it. So. No, the original one was amazing. The original two were amazing. Yeah, Set, yeah. Which is oddly, which is completely confusing because they're, they have the exact same names as the, the, the two new games, but they're completely different games. Yeah, if you want a good Battlefront, go on Steam and buy the old ones for PC or get a Xbox 360 and play those. Um, but, yeah. but, but, we've spent a lot of time just talking about random off-topics, which is fun. I enjoy that. Um, but let's get to the meat of the episode here. Uh, we're going to skip over the news section this week, and we're going to try it out and see how it feels. I'm going to listen back to the episode while I'm going for a run, and I'm going to see if I like it without the news section. We're going to go right to a discussion today. And we might start doing that more often, and then we might just do a new section on certain episodes that we feel is important to do. But just try it out. Um, with that, though, let's jump on over to the discussion now. Welcome to the discussion, everybody. Today, we are talking about RuneScape, old-school RuneScape on PC, mobile, and tablet. All right, are you with me here, Zeke? I'm with you. 
All right, let's jump straight on in. So we already kind of gave you guys a little bit about how we got back to playing it, so we won't mention that again. But let's just jump right into the first area. You boot up the game, you create your character, which has a pretty cool character customization, honestly, for what it is. Different colors of hair and body colors and... Uh, um, facial hair? Do you get facial hair too? Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was pretty cool. You get head hair, facial hair, skin color, shirts, shorts, pants. Like you change all of that or whatever to whatever you want it to be for just start to start out, which doesn't matter because eventually you cover it all up with armor anyways. But whatever. Um, we the tutorial island. It's kind of what it is. It's like a ten minute tutorial. You jump from house to house, learning how to cook something or fight something or. Oh, that's shooting. boring. I did not like that. Yeah, yeah, that was a little boring, um, but it's important because it kind of gets you clicking and feeling the feel of the game, and it's not too long. And then you spawn in Lumbridge, Ooh, the free-to-play Tatooine, Mos Eisley city of RuneScape, where you just all spawn there, and that's where everybody hangs out in free-to-play. Um, so getting into the game right away, do you have any thoughts on that or anything you'd like to mention? Yeah, I did not really like the tutorial, um, mainly because it was it was just long and lots of reading. I, that's the one thing I think I, one one of the criticism of the game is like the reading aspect of it. Like it's all that old school like where it, like, a little text pops up in the corner and you're clicking through like absorbent amount of text, which I'm sure if, to some people that's like a quality, right? Like they love that kind of stuff. But for me specifically, I know that I'm just not a huge fan of reading absorbent amount of text because I just don't like to read te like a ton of text and the fluff essentially. I want to get to the meat of the game, you know. Um, but yeah. I, I that 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 just was, uh, you know what I mean. So if you do take the time to like pay attention and it's your first time ever playing RuneScape, it's probably useful because like it'll tell you useful things and teach you useful stuff. But if it's coming from someone who'd played it a little bit before. I just kind of wanted to get past that, and I'll look it up online later when it directly applies and is a little more applicable to like my current situation. You know what I mean? Like I like to read if it's applicable. So sometimes some of it was okay, but I. I also wanted to just get through it all so I could play with DJ because he'd already gone through that also. A little complicated, but eh, it all worked out. Yeah, I think there's, on the same of what you're talking about, there's two ways I play RuneScape. And the first is I'm just doing something to have fun, so I totally get engrossed in the screen and what's happening on the screen. And the other way is I'm trying to do something specific. So I have a guide pulled up next to me, and I'm just cutting through a quest, reading the guide, and, and clicking through the text and not reading it. There's two ways. And sometimes I'll, if it's something simple and I've read it before, I already did it before, I'll read the text and enjoy it because there's a lot of comedy in the writing. They did a really good job with the writing. They Some, did. It is. Yeah, I can agree with that. But you have to be in the mood to to read and click and that funny thing. And sometimes you have a goal in mind and you're trying to grind through something quick. So you just want to do the fastest way possible. So you do your research and you just do it. And I think both ways are fun. I enjoy both ways of playing it. There's no wrong way. So. Yeah, and, and honestly, I, I feel like I was ragging on it a little too much. Like, it's not like it's necessary. You don't have to like actually read all the text. A lot of it is just fluff and you can kind of just click past it as long as you, you know, do that kind of stuff. But it, it also, some people like that kind of stuff. But the the cool part about the game is i think the the just the way it's like it it's mmo qualities right like i feel like it really does some things right like it does the grinding right in a sense where it's like it's not really it doesn't feel much as much like grinding as it does like you can customize it you can do it the way you want to do it you can pick and choose and like it's very rewarding you get to do new things and so you're while you're trying out new stuff you're getting experience for it and I like that side of it where I could like, oh, I wanted, you know, oh, this looks funner. I'm going to go check this out. And then later on, I realized, oh, I've gone up a couple levels and now I can try out this other thing. And I try out that thing. And I'm like, oh, look, by the time you finish experimenting with that, I'm another couple levels up. Or, you know, by the time I make as much of those things as I want to make, you know, or grind as much of that stuff that I want to, you know, to get to a certain point. It's like, oh, it's unlocked new things for me. It's always like this. You could, you know, multitask. You could do like three different level up, three different skills at the same time and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's just. It's hard to, to describe other than like it, they just I feel like they did it well. Like it's just a well-made MMO, and I think that's why it's lasted so long. Yeah, I, if I think so too. If the graphics were better, and this game came out today, I think it would be like a huge hit. You know what I'm saying? Like if they whoa, just like whoa, whoa, it a, and made that's it. A, that's a different topic. There is a RuneScape three out with better graphics. Yeah, I I think they would need to make some other changes to it. I think I think I believe like, you walk around with WAS and D as well. I don't think you yeah. which is again they changed the game so much but we'll we'll get into that in a second um let's step back for a second um i liked everything you just ran through with skills and stuff runescape 
is a top-down, free-to-play MMO where you point and click to go places and do things, and it has a bunch of skills which you level up. The game is originally based on the idea of like Dungeons & Dragons, the original RPG role-playing game that you play with friends in a, in a room together. You know, um, Dungeons & Dragons, everybody knows that name. This game is actually inspired by that. If you watch the 15-year the documentary that just came out on YouTube from RuneScape itself, the people who made it, they talk about them and their family and where the game came from. And so they have all these different skills you can work on, and you could always log into the game and work on something different. And your character can be anything, and he can be everything. So you could work on archery skills one day and get really good archery, and then you could work on magic the other day or sword fighting the other day and come back and just evolve your character ongoing. Like, he's you. He's your character. That's what I like about this game. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things, like, I just want to jump in real quick. That's one of the things I that, that made me, that draws me to games. Like, for instance, like, um, Breath of the Wild. Like, one of the reasons I loved Breath of the Wild is because, like, you could focus, like, if I was in the mood to focus on cooking, I could focus on cooking all, you know what I mean? Jump on for a couple hours and focus on cooking. If I was in the mood to go on an adventure and explore a new area and, and fight some new baddies, like, I could do that. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, I had options. Like, I never felt like I was stuck doing one task and if i didn't feel like doing that i couldn't play the game you know what i mean and that's what i like about that's one of the things that really draws me into runescape okay you can continue now yeah no no i I was actually done with that idea so i'm glad you jumped in on that um yeah yeah. i want to jump on to the next thing which is the music and the area of lumbridge when we start out but i think the music's pretty great in this game it's probably one of the stronger features the writing is funny we talked about that but the music is just really good and each area has its own music and you can even have there's a music uh, harp off to the side you can click on and change which track that you want to listen to and all the tracks that you've ever discovered from all different places are available to listen to and it'll play them for oh, you oh i didn't know that that's cool i'm gonna have to look into that actually on the music specifically my my wife is a has a master's in music and she's really into music and she loves um she loves uh movie soundtracks and video game music a lot like that's something like she liked way before i ever got you know you know we started hanging out or whatever and, and got to know each other and she actually really likes the music too like she's 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 a she's a fan of like oh look at that that's that's cool you know what i mean so she doesn't mind it playing in the background and stuff like that it's really neat it's really it is good music and just Let's... even from like a musical standpoint like it's just well done I heard this on a different podcast and i want to try it myself let's go ahead and i'm going to boot up the game and you can usually hear the music through my mic right yeah. So let me just boot up the game just to hear that intro music for a second to give people a taste of the intro because it's a very classic. It'll actually bring you back to when you used to play as a kid if you ever played because they did not change it. So let me boot it up really fast here. Yeah, we'll see if that works. Do we want to talk about something else in the meantime, though? Oh, okay. Ah, I can hear it. You're good. You're good. Oh, you stopped. There we go, there we go. Yep, there it is, there it is. Yeah, so this is an example of the, like, the main theme, which is, like, the adventure, like, adventure type of theme, which I like a lot, and it, um, but they, there's, but that's the cool thing about this game, is, like, every, depending on what area you're in and what you're doing, like, if you're in, like, a more calm, like, chill, like, woodsy-type area, and you're doing, like, you know, farming or something like that, the music's totally different, and it really fits that, like, relaxing theme, you know what I mean? And that's what I like, like, depending on what city you're in, like, if you're in, like, a dungeon, you know, it'll be, like, a much more, um, like, action-y type of thing, and then if you're in, like, a big castle, it'll be like that, like, that's, like, the Lumbridge theme as well, I think. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's different songs for every area you go, and they're all awesome. Um, a couple of them are a little annoying. Yeah, a couple are weird, yeah, but like, like uh, that's just personal preference. I think sometimes the more actiony, like bang, 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 kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like where it's like, uh, like super, like the dungeony kind of stuff. I'm not a huge fan of, but most of the time, I like when you're sitting there like fishing or you're sitting there farming or cooking. You know what I mean? I, usually the music's really like nice and relaxing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's so, so I just wanted to cover the music because it's like. It kind of brings you back and sucks you in, and it's a strong part of this game specifically because lots of time you spend doing similar tasks or repetitive tasks or running to places, and it's it's in the background. So it kind of gives you – it's a very big part of the game, I think. I definitely never like to play with the sound off unless I absolutely have to. I always want it on because I like that music. So. Um, yeah. So let's talk about – did you do any – you got into the game – 
And what was the first thing you did? Because most players, I think, have memories of one or two things. I talked to a lot of people recently, and they either did cooking, where they got immediately into cooking, or they did treat cutting, wood cutting, and fire making, and they just grinded that. Or they went to mining, and their biggest memory was mining. So what was the first thing you jumped in and did? Mm, I think combat. I, I think I, I really wanted to get into the combat and fight. And then, naturally, the combat... Um, which is what drew me into the game, right? The combat leads you into, like, every, all the skills, like, a lot of the skills, not all of them, but a lot of the skills complement each other, right? So, like, what I liked about it is I, I started out, I was like, oh, let's go, you know, level up my combat and fight some bad guys and, and try that out. But then you get low on health, so I'm like, oh, I need health. So then it turns out you can, you know, kill cows, right? You grind cows and animals early on, and they drop meat or rats, and they drop meat. And then, oh, well, I need health so I can keep grinding, so I cook the meat over a fire, so... Now I, I'm using my campfire skills, right, or wood chopping, then campfire skills to to light the fire, and then cooking. You level up your cooking so that you can get health to continue grinding. And it was just like it was like it was just it, I wasn't it wasn't didn't feel as grindy because I was I was attacking and killing stuff, and then my health would get low. Then I would go transition into wood chopping and fire, you know, making and cooking. And so it wasn't like I was constantly doing multiple, like, switching things. I wasn't doing the same thing for a long period of time, which you can do. Like, you can, you know, do cooking for a long time, stock up on a ton of food, and then grind for hours if you wanted. You know what I mean? Like, you can do that, but I liked that it gives me the freedom to, like, balance things. And, like, even, like, right now what I'm doing is, like, all fish slash farm slash cook. You know what I mean? And I'm, like, they, they all complement each other. So it's like I'm, while I'm waiting for something to happen, I can do something else and you know that you know what I mean I can just kind of jump around and I don't know I like I like that it kind of keeps me interested in that way where like I'm cocking the things I'm doing are all a, a connected but at the same time they're I'm not doing one thing for too long I don't have to do one thing for too long Yeah I like that too I like that you can one thing lots of time requires or encourages something else. So it kind of keeps you doing different stuff, which kind of breaks up exactly. the game. Yeah, they're all so, connected. So today we're going to talk specifically on the free-to-play skills. And then uh, we might do another episode on some of the advanced membership skills because we both actually became members recently after playing for a month and doing... Just this weekend, yeah. Yeah, we did a, a ton of stuff. We're going to talk about lots of stuff we did right now. And we're going to give you a couple tips and tricks for returning players. I don't want to say new players, but there could be new player tips too. But it's also for a returning player that someone who already knows RuneScape, this will actually give you a tip to something you might care about. Not how to move or this or that. But before we do that, let's quickly break down the combat in this game. There's a combat triangle in this MMO like there is in most MMOs. In this one, there's no healer class. Um, but everybody can heal with food or sometimes uh, increased healing through a prayer or increased difference. So let's cover a couple the combat triangle quick, which is mages, magic users, do extra damage against people wearing armor, like suits of armor and swords. Swords kill ranged players who use bone arrows and leather. And leather bone arrow users kill mages. So it just kind of goes in a circle. Mage kills sword, sword kills arrow, Is arrow rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's actually really funny. Rock is metal, paper is leather, scissor. Okay, man. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I do like where you're going with. It, was, it sounded really good until you tried to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay. like, okay. <laughs> but that, right. that's kind of what it is. It's like a little rock, paper, scissors going on. A little triangle. Um, now, there are three combats, melee combat skills. There is attack, which is your accuracy. Strength, which is how much damage you do. And block, which is your chance to block something. And when you block it, you block 100% of the damage. There's no reduced damage stat. It's just 100% block. So you can level up all three of those just by choosing which one you want to level up at the given moment. And then attacking stuff, and it gives you XP. There's also ranged, which you get for, you guessed it. I think if, if you've ever, also if you've ever played um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, it's actually really similar combat system to that. Like those, I think those three stats, I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. I've only played, I've only played it once. But I'm. But it, you. But you do is you roll dice essentially, like so. It's your random roller for like whether you hit someone for how hard you hit them, which is so whether you hit them is accuracy, how hard you hit them for is strength, and then when they try to hit you, you roll to see your chances of blocking them, and based on what you're wearing and based on your personal stats, right, what you've decided, and you know potentially some abilities you have, in um, you can modify those odds and chances. You know what I mean, and. You have better chances to hit and better chances to block or better chances to hit harder, different kinds of damage and things like that. But yeah, I think that's where they get it from, which, you know, we already talked about that kind of, but 
Yeah, I think this game draws a lot from Dungeons and Dragons. But like, if you've played it before, it'll make sense. Like, if you've played Dungeons and Dragons before and you know how it works a little bit, it might would sure. be easier to think yeah. about and kind of understand it. I think. Okay, so we then we also have ranged. Ranged is bone arrows, and this you just has one skill and you level it up by successfully hitting something. You get XP, and the damage on ranged is actually judged by not your skill in the ranged, but what level you're using. So if you're using bronze arrows, you do a certain amount of damage, and iron arrows do more damage, steel arrows do more damage, and it goes up depending on the bow, I think, in the arrows, but not depending on the skill. The skill just unlocks it, which is kind of a weird, weird way to go. Magic is even weirder. So the one magic skill counts as your magic defense and your magic offense. So it's how much damage you do with it, or I, I don't know if accuracy... I'm not really sure. I haven't looked that up. So, But it is your magic defense and your magic attack in one skill just by practicing magic spells. And if you didn't know, we'll give you a quick pro tip here. A um, couple quick tips. You can carry arrows in your back for the range skill at all times. So if you're just picking up arrows you see around the world, you can equip them. And then every time you pick them up, just click it, and it'll add it to the stack on your back. So you can always have one type of arrow with you that doesn't take up a slot for anything else. So it's a great way to collect something um, to either sell them or stockpile them for the future when you do want to go back and do ranged. The one magic skill quick I have for you tip is if you have a staff, you can auto-cast magic, which saves you a lot of clicking. So a regular staff just lets you auto-cast anything, and all the upgraded staffs actually reduce the need to use a certain type of rune and let you auto-cast. Those are your two quick tips on that. Okay, your one melee combat or any kind of combat tip would be go farm cows when you're low level, because cows are the easiest thing to kill and they do the least amount of damage. When you're done and doing... they give you meat, so you can cook it and get health back. There you go. You can get leather for leather working to make leather armor. You can get meat, and you can get bones, and you bury bones to get increased prayer level. Prayer acts as your buffs in the game. You can activate it, and it gives you a buff. Um, we, we don't want to explain the whole game, but it just this is kind of giving you an idea, refreshing your memory, perhaps. Um, let's talk about the main cities quick. Lumbridge has a lot to do. There's a little bit of everything. There's a cool castle with some quests you can do there. Um... Lots of people spend a lot of time in Lumbridge. Lots of players never make it out of Lumbridge. Um, if you do, though, to the east, you can go to Al-Karid, which is the big desert Middle East area kind of thing. It's kind of based off that, it feels like. Um, and that's a really, it's one of my favorite places. And there's a couple cool quests there. There's some good grinding areas for combat. And you can buy kebabs there to eat if you're not any good at cooking. And there's a good mining area. So after you're done mining in Lumbridge, you go to Al-Karid to mine the next area. North of both of those cities is Varrock. Varrock is like the big player hub that has a giant grand exchange where you can buy and sell goods with other players on an open market. And it has anything that Lumbridge and Alcrid don't have, Varrock does. Between those three cities, you can almost get anything you need, and that's where most players will spend For free-to-play. Definitely for free-to-play, yeah. Yep, exactly. So free-to-play, those are the main cities you're going to learn. Um, and then let's jump right into the first dungeon that we did, which is the Dungeon of Security, I believe. Something like that. It's called Something Dungeon of Security. And it is near Varrock, on your way to Varrock the first time, when you're coming up from Lumbridge, you pass a little barbarian village, which has some great fishing spots. Right, Zeke? Depends on which way you come up. But it's actually to the to the west of Varrock is the barbarian village. Yes. Okay, so the barbarian village has a an armor helmet salesperson. It has some barbarians you can farm. It's a great place to pick up free cooked meat and free beer and free coins from other players yeah. who like to grind there. There's a dungeon there for new players. It's got four levels. You go inside this hole. There's a hole in the ground in between the mining rocks. You jump in there, and then you have to answer security questions and open up gates and find your way through a maze. When you get to the end of the maze, it gives you a reward, and you jump down to the next level. You do another maze, jump down to the next level, and you just three or four times. On the fourth one, you get um, your fourth reward, but it requires you to set up a security on your account, like a passcode that you have to do once every 30 days to, you know, the Google just, Authenticator. There you go, a Google Authenticator. So this dungeon's really easy to do. You actually don't have to fight anything. You just have to be able to survive one or two hits while you're running. And you can run through and use your map to get through all the levels. If you do the whole thing, you end up getting 10,000 gold and a pair of boots. You can choose if you want colorful boots or combat-looking boots, but they both give you the same stats. And the stats are not that great, but they're terrific for a free-to-play player because you don't really have a lot of options. Um... We did that. What were your thoughts on that? I know you actually kind of peeved you off a little bit <laughs> towards the, the end. The security thing at the end peeved me off, but the rest of it was fine. I, I didn't like reading a ton, and it, every time you had to click to go through a door, you had to read and answer like a question, which was like, 
common sense, like, oh, don't give your password to somebody who asks for it, basically. And then like it would start repeating the same questions over and over and over, and it was kind of annoying, but it was totally worth the gold. The authenticator thing at the end was kind of annoying, but I was also probably just tired, so that's probably why I, I got peeved off. But anyways, it, overall, it's good because you get a lot of gold, and it was worth doing. I'm glad we did it. It's fun. I remember doing it as a, as a younger kid there, and uh, I enjoyed it then. I enjoyed it now, and I love showing it to people. Um, I always think it's a fun time. It's a cool dungeon. You can go back and grind there. There's tons of monsters of all different levels to do. Um, it's a fun first glimpse into a dungeon. Let's talk about two of the other dungeons here that we did. Um, the Edgeville Dungeon is a little more west. It's in Edgeville. A little west and north, I think. Maybe I think maybe north of Barbarian Village. I don't know. It's over there somewhere. Yeah, it's directly north of Barbarian Village. Right. So Varrock is 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 like the like, kind of like the hub, right? And to the west, like uh, just to the west, like you just walk out the road that goes west of Varrock. You follow that road, it'll run you right into the Barbarian Village. Then if you leave the Barbarian Village north, straight north, it'll take you straight to Edgeville. But you can obviously you could travel the the the, the diagonals like the hypotenuse, and you can get there quicker. Like if you want to head straight from Varrock to Edgeville, you just head, like, on a diagonal, you know, essentially, northwest. Yeah. Um, so th there's Edgeville, right? And there's a dungeon there, which is not a multi-combat area. So what multi-combat means in RuneScape is you can fight multiple things at once, and other players can also fight things with you. So normally in RuneScape, you attack one thing, and you can only take damage from one thing. Until that combat is over, then you can attack something else, or something else will attack you. But in multi-combat areas, players can help each other if you have the assist feature turned on, which I think is on by default. Um, and also, multiple monsters can fight you at a time, which makes it interesting. So this is not a multi-combat dungeon. The next one we talk about is. But the Edgeville dungeon has various levels of monsters, and if you run to the end of it, towards the end, there's a good mining area, if you're into mining, and right past that is Hill Giants. Hill Giants are like one of the first things players will tell you to grind as soon as you get. They're level 20 ish, 22, 24 maybe, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, they're a little higher than that, I think. I think they're, yeah, but yeah. yeah. They're in the 20s somewhere, I believe, and that's a great area. So once your combat level is like maybe 20s and 30s, you can go test them out and see, bring some food with you. They drop some decent loot, um, and they give really good XP because they have a lot of health. The XP is not actually based on their level. It's based on how many hit points something has because how many hit point damage you do is how much XP you get. You do four damage, you get four times the XP. You do one damage, you get one XP. And it's the XP is always a percent of what you need for the next level. I don't, I don't remember what it is. It's like 1% or 2 or 5% or 4% or whatever the magic number is. You get that much percent for each hit of damage you do. So usually you want to fight something that has a lot of health so you don't have to switch targets a lot or run around a lot. That's a cool dungeon. You and me did a little bit of that, but we actually quickly got on to the next dungeon, which is the Varrock Sewers. Which Yeah, is just real quick on that uh, Edgeville dungeon. I liked to go there when I was playing by myself to grind because I thought I think I thought it was really good for grinding like like for without without DJ essentially because we couldn't like attack the same stuff together, so it's more fun when you could do things together when you're playing together, but by myself, I preferred that one over the other one because it was something I could do about myself, and I could still get decent loot and sell that loot and make some money, yada yada, you know. Yeah, I I have the same I, boat I, as you. I went back there a few times by myself, um, and it's good. It's cool. The next one we did, because we started looking up, where's a multi-combat area? Because we want to do stuff together. So we were like, this other dungeon has, again, various levels of stuff. So level 6, level 14, level 26, and then up to level like 50. 40-something, basically, for the Varrock Sewers, which is right outside the castle, to the east of the Varrock Castle. There's a little thing on the ground. You open up a trapdoor, and you go down, and that's the Varrock Sewer. That was fun. We had a lot, a couple game nights we've already spent doing that. Um, and, and there is the Moss Giants at the end, and the Moss Giants are level 40-something, and you can slay those, and they give even better loot and better money, and um, it's fun because you can rotate who's tanking it if you're playing with a friend. One guy can, can do the melee and try to take the damage, and then you can rotate or you can both be working on a guy at the same time and help each other out, whoever finishes first. It's worth noting, whoever does the most damage gets the loot at the end. And then if no one picks it up, it goes open to everybody who's in the area. After a certain amount of time. Correct. Yep. Correct. All right. Um, that was fun. I don't really have anything more to mention on that because I actually wanted to jump back. Is there anything you want to mention about that dungeon specifically? Uh, it was fun. It was fun to do to, like... Like what I liked, I think uh, what I liked about it is it was fun because I could on my own. I worked on cooking a lot, which I'll we'll get into later probably. 
but I worked on cooking and that would, so I would make us a bunch of food. Then DJ and I both would go down there and we would just kind of have fun grinding stuff that we couldn't grind alone and getting good loot and making money and, and by while eating the food that I made that helped keep us, helped us stay down there longer, which was kind of fun. But yeah, that's what I liked about it. I thought that was, it was fun. Yeah, it definitely makes for a good time with friends because you can bring friends of various levels down there too, and you guys can fight together and be in the same. Especially when you're like only levels twenty, you know, to thirty, you know, because then it's like they're forty, so it's like you couldn't really take them on your own, and it's more of a challenge. And even so, like if I was to play with a new character, a new player, I mean, I would bring my character down there and help him fight his way through some of the easier stuff, and we could even fight alongside grinding. I could be just a few steps to one side fighting something bigger while he's fighting something smaller because there's actually various levels in there, which is nice. So it's a cool place to go and just hang out with friends and all chop up stuff. Um, we One of the favorite quests we did, let's talk about quests for a second. There's an early game cooking quest you can do in the cook's assistant where you run around and fetch stuff. There's an early game magic quest where you start in the castle from the, the duke who's on the second floor. He sends you all over to the wizard's tower and then up to Varrock and back. And then there's a um, vampire slayer quest in Draenor. That sends you up to Draenor Mansion from Draenor Village, and you slay the vampire. You and me enjoyed that. That was kind of cool. What did you think of the vampire thing? It was interesting. Questing is like a love. I I don't know. Questing is I'm still a little hesitant on. Like I think questing with you is fun. I think some quests are interesting. I did the cooking quest, which I I did like. That was actually pretty straightforward and fun. My wife liked that too. She was with me. We were kind of cook. We, that's how we kind of get on cooking a little bit. She's a little more into the cooking side of things in games um which i did like that about it but the the yeah the 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 quest was cool it was interesting a little a little complicated but i think with a guide if you look up a guide and you don't mind looking up a quick guide it's actually not that complicated and then can be done pretty simply you yeah, just gotta make sure most of the you, quests are sure you don't guide worthy. Much, you do read it does help to read when you're talking to specific people for the mission, at least skim through the reading because they'll tell you like where you need to go next or just like some basics so you don't end up running somewhere and then realizing you didn't get what you needed to get at the other place and you have to run all the way back, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I would overall, recommend always pulling up a guide if you can, um, unless you're the yeah. kind of person who doesn't mind wasting some time because a guide, just reading it through before you do the quest even, is worth doing because then at least you have a general idea of what how long it's going to be and what areas you need to go to or having it pulled up alongside you just to reference and walk you through it it, it just makes it easier and quicker in uh i don't know especially I, if you don't want to read what what to do like you don't want to actually try to solve and it. lots of riddles and stuff like so yeah, yeah there's like riddles and things some of them i think are simpler than others and it's not like it's impossible to figure out i, I realized if i read this stuff it really wasn't that bad like, at least some of the early, like, some of the missions, I think. Like, the cooking one, like, I read through that, and it was pretty simple, straightforward, very simple. Yeah. The, uh, That's the, what made me get the cooking, actually. Yeah, the reason I mentioned the vampire quest was because that was one of the ones I remembered a lot as a kid. Um, I remember that was, like, a benchmark for me. I wanted to get strong enough to kill that guy. And so I, I looked up the guide and figured out how to do it and grinded my combat levels and was able to go up there and kill the vampire. And I remember doing the dungeon of security and then grinding, you know, mining, and we'll talk about that next, mining and wood cutting and uh, fishing and, and stuff like that, and then it kind of fell off the game after that. We've made it a lot further than that in the last month. We've done so much, but let's talk about some of those those early game things we did quickly, um, the skills that are free to play. So mining is pretty straightforward. You hit rocks, you get a better mining tool, you hit more rocks, you get a better mining tool. And as you hit rocks, you get uh, metal, right? You get you ore, get, like, and you take the ore, the rock, and you yeah. take it to a furnace, and you smelt it, and from there you can now use the smithing skill to bang the metal into stuff like helmets and swords and stuff. So those two skills go hand-in-hand, -hand, mining and smithing. They're very straightforward, and they do not change. You're either mining, smelting, and crafting with it, or smithing, I mean. Very repetitive, very grindy, nothing exciting about it. I've done a ton of it already, um, but some people... They want to be able to craft armor and sell it, I guess. Whatever. Let's go to woodcutting. This is even worse. You literally chop down trees, upgrade your axe, chop down more trees, and it goes hand-in-hand -hand with the fire making so you can make fire out of those better trees. That is it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Let's move on to cooking. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't think you're doing it a ton of justice. I haven't done a ton of my smithing and stuff like that, but I think it could be interesting. I'm, most of the game, the way that the, the systems are set up in this, there's like three or four, you know what I mean? There's usually like three or like, all the skills are related. You know what I mean? They're all tied together in, in some sense or another, but some are tied together more so than others, right? And you don't have, they don't 
they don't all require each other, but sometimes they'll complement each other. So like in the sense of like mining and smithing, right? So you mine the, the stuff you need to smith and then you smith the stuff into, you know, armor. And I don't know how it all works. I haven't done a ton of that, but I can explain it better with like cooking. Can we move on? Are you ready to move on to cooking? Yes, sir. Go ahead and give, just and talk briefly on cooking because you've been I'm, doing I'm going to cover like cooking and, um, and fishing kind of together, right? So, because like they kind of complement each other, especially for free to play, they complement each other a lot. Yeah, so, you're either cooking fish or chickens and cows and things you slay. So, yeah, so, well, that, so like that's how combat. So, early game, your combat complements your cooking because you need health to, to do combat because you're going to lose health. So, you can attack, then you can find meat, cook the meat with a fire, and then you know, go back. And so that's how I got kind of got into cooking. Then it's like, oh, well, if I cook this or I cook that, I can get more health, right? So you can start combining things to get more health, especially as you progress naturally in your combat, you're going to be fighting things, you're going to get more health. So you're going to need more health, right? So in your inventory, because you only have so many inventory slots. So that was that's a cool connection. Then I realized, oh, I can fish, I can fish, right? Because then I can cook the fish because fish actually give you more, I figured out that fish give you more health. So, like, depending on what level fish you can gather, you can get more health. And then fishing's its own new complex thing, or semi-complex thing, where it's, like, you start off with, like, a net, and then you work your way to, like, a fishing pole with some bait, and then you do fly fishing, and, like, you, as you, if each kind of fishing can get, do different types of fish and different types of things that you can cook, and you can combine into make, like, fish pies, or, or I guess free-to-play you can you're a little bit more limited on what you can make, but you can make like meat pies and you can make all these different things. And so it's, it, it's cool because if I want to sit there and like, right, for instance, right now during the podcast, I'm just kind of fishing because it's easy to just fish and do something else. Right. So if I'm like in the middle of something, like maybe watching a show or something like that, I can sit there and fish. And it's pretty easy to level up. And then later, if I want to like get into it, you know what I mean? And sit down and actually play, I can, Oh, I can do cooking. So I can use that fish. I can cook the fish or I can use the, since I, because it's pretty easy to cook fish, you just kind of throw them over a fire in an oven, and then, um, which, but while you cook the fish, it upgrades your cooking experience. You get cooking experience, and then as you get higher cooking experience, you can cook more things. So you can cook better fish, but not only can you cook better fish, you can cook things like pastries, and things like pies, and cakes, and pizzas, and all this kind of stuff, and that gets, and it gets more complicated, and it's, but at the same time, it's, it was fun for me. It wasn't super complicated. It was just complicated enough that it kept me interested, but also just simple enough that like I didn't have, it didn't take like a ton of guides to figure out. You know, that's nice. Every it's nice to find something that doesn't take a lot of guides that you can get a lot of enjoyment out of. So yeah, and here your pro tip for people cooking, uh, I'll share it quickly. Um, is the pizzas sell for the most gold early on in the game? Um, some of the fish sell pretty decently, but there's a plain old cheese pizza. You can make that free to play and that'll sell for like 500 gold give or take on the grand exchange so if you're grinding that's a great way to make some quick cash if you're trying to also level up your cooking at the same time yeah also you can cook fish and then sell the fish like because if you're if you're just spending time grinding fishing while you're like watching tv or something like that like right for instance i'm grinding lobsters right now which you could actually do free to play that's one of the best ways once you get high enough in fishing one of the best ways to make money is to sell lobsters you can cook them and then sell them but it actually you can get a little bit more money if you don't cook them because people like to buy them to upgrade their cooking so it's kind of a nice way to but anyway so it's a i think fishing is a good way to make money and and a good way to also complement cooking which also makes money too but yeah so let's go ahead and, let's jump right sure. into making money quick i want to just one. give a few quick tips on making money for returning players because this is something you and me practiced a lot and read a lot about and tried to figure out how are we going to make money to keep paying for the armor that we keep needing in the weapons or to support some of these other things we want to do some of these like, other skills magic oh my gosh magic is a money magic thing. is so expensive right because you have to buy the runes or you can go craft the runes so rune crafting is really easy to do that first quest that we talked about where you talk to the duke leads into that where you can then talk to the wizards in the wizard tower and he'll teleport you to a mountain where you can mine rune essence. You take the rune essence with the talisman to a little mountain piece anywhere in the world. They're all over the place and you craft the runes you need. It's really not that hard. It goes hand in hand with magic. It's about as easy as anything else, but um, it's very expensive because if you're not going to grind it out and do that, you have to buy the runes and the runes and the magic staffs are just expensive for a new player or returning player or someone that's low level. 
Um, so what are some ways we can make some quick money? And we found them out, and th these are subject to change as the game and the economy is always evolving. But one thing that will always remain is, just like any game, find the stuff that people are too lazy to go get. That's the big tip. Making other people's life easier is a good way to make money because they don't want to go find these items or they have a bunch of accounts or a bunch of new accounts are being made and everybody wants this but people don't know where to get it or it's a short trip out of the way. This is what led me down the path of finding some items that sell that are found in the beginner areas that sell for a good chunk of money that allow you to get more than you need to buy anything you want as a free-to-play player. So I've actually used this, these methods right here to purchase rune armor. I'm currently level 41 in all the combat stats and this is, as a free-to-play member, I just went to membership, so this is prior to being a member, all of this. Um, great ways to make money, aside from selling pizzas when you're cooking. Um, mining is pretty decent, but you can actually sell the bars after you smelt them um, for more money usually than the ore, because people want to grind the bars, but they don't want to do the mining. So you can go mining, smelt all the bars, get the mining and smelting experience, and then sell all the bars, and people get more smithing experience from crafting smithing stuff. It actually is worth more than the smelting part. So you can sell the bars, steel bars, iron bars, whatever it is you can do. A better way to make money even than that though is doing those dungeons we talked about and selling the loot you find there because you can actually find steel loot, black shields, mithral swords sometimes and you and me found a lot of that and we're able to sell a lot of that while we are grinding combat also selling those items. My favorite tip is this one took me a while to figure out but there are two areas we can farm wizards. There are blue wizards at the wizard's tower outside Lumbridge, and then there are black wizards a little bit west of that, um, over by Draenor, Draenor Village. You can go just, just on the south side of Draenor Village. There's black wizards. So either one you want, you can do the level 7 black wizards or the level 9 blue wizards at the wizard's tower. Kill those things and farm them. They drop wizard's clothing, and they also drop rune... What are those rune things called, Zeke? The talismans. Talismans, yeah. Okay, those are the two items, guys. Listen to these. Talismans and wizard's clothing. Hats, robes, all the wizard's clothing, and the talismans. The talismans will sell from anywhere from 300 apiece, 300 gold, up to 3,000, 3,500 gold. I'm not even kidding. Per talisman. You can go down there and farm these wizards, get five or ten talismans, run up to the Grand Exchange and sell them and make like 30k. And you can do it in like an hour. So I know that's not a lot. 30k gold isn't a lot to an experienced player, but to a free-to-play player, someone just starting out, a returning player like us, that was a lot. That was a very easy way to make money while doing something beneficial for your combat stats. The wizards, oh. the wizards' robes themselves also sell for like 1,500 gold apiece. So that's one of my pro tips for getting gold early game. Go farm them wizards. But go ahead, Zeke. What do you got? Another real quick gold mine that I found, or at least early game gold mine that I found. I actually just recently discovered it. So in fishing. Um, there's a, let's see, which one is it? So fishing, uh, let me just pull up my fishing guide real quick. So anchovies, right? So level 15, which is really easy to get to in fishing, allows you to, to, um, catch anchovies, right? Which are like shrimp, which is the first thing you catch. You, you catch them with a net, but actually that's like one of the highest selling items. If you catch anchovies and you cook them, you can sell them on the, thing on the, the 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 grand the market or whatever for like let's see like maybe two or three times as much as any other fish that you can get for the next like 10 or 15 levels i don't know why i think it's because they're, i'm not positive but i know you can make anchovy pizza at a later thing in cooking and i think it's because there are ingredients in things later on and so people will and people buy don't want to gather the ingredients which yeah. ties into those other tips. Like That's why the wizard stuff sells. Everybody wants to dabble in magic at some point, usually. They get yeah. to a point where they're like, I want to dabble in magic. Where do I get these wizard robes? I just want them quickly, and I don't want to have to go find them or wait for the drops. And then they need talismans to craft runes. And they're like, oh, I don't know where to get these talismans. And the drop rates seem kind of random sometimes. So they just like, oh, we'll buy them. I'm here already. So they buy all these anchovies and talismans and stuff. And that's what makes these items good to sell. Um, and that's what actually drives the price. The price is determined on the... No one knows exactly how the RuneScape Grand Exchange works on their algorithms. I actually looked this up. But we do know that is based on supply and demand. So the more people want it, the higher their price goes. And is kind of controlled in that fashion. And helps people exchange items for money easily. And the system is pretty complex within. Which is why lots of people haven't actually figured out exactly how it works yet. So. Um, but yeah. so yeah, anchovies. 
collect anchovies, you can cook them for experience, and then you can sell them. And for fishing, another quick tip for beginners, depending on where you fish, a lot of times you, certain if areas are locked off, but there's also some areas that are more likely to catch better things. And the higher level you are, the more like, I think it's the higher level you are, the more likely you are to catch higher level things. But also, I think it has a lot to do with the places that you fish. So there's places you can net fish and places you can rod fish and places you can fly fish and places you can cage fish and they all overlap but you can't really do all of them in one place but you can look all you can find all that stuff up online or you can just like while you're walking past something you can click on it and it'll tell you if you right click the fishing spot it'll tell you the cage fish harpoon fish it'll tell you all the options you have for that even if you don't have the gear on you it'll tell you the options so you can kind of walk by something and be like, ooh, I wonder what I can get here. And then you can go check it out later and be like, ooh, I can net fish here. Because there's some net fishing spots, which is like the beginner one. But there's, that's how you also how you get anchovy. But those are the only things you can get. So if you find the right spot, you can actually fish for anchovies and get more anchovies than the beginner level shrimp, which just picks, takes up room in your inventory where you can like drop it. And then just if you were just trying to get anchovies. Anyways, that's complicated, I guess. Here's your, here's your price checker tip. Um, to wrap up our tips, if you hit your your button on the there's you know all your side buttons and stuff, the one that shows you your gear, what you're wearing, is shaped like an armored person or whatever. There's a price checker there, which is a money bag, and you can click and drag items in your inventory into that, and it'll tell you what they're going for on the grand exchange. Roughly, usually it's um, a little higher than what it's actually selling for, but at least it gives you an idea of what is the value of an item. So you can quickly check, is this thing worth keeping or is it more or less valuable than the other items so you know what you can drop and what you need to keep. Um, I mean, that that's it. I mean, you gave some some nice fishy tips. I gave some some nice money tips there. We gave a little cooking tips. Um, I think that this is probably a great spot to wrap it up. I would like to talk more RuneScape in the future. So if this episode, like we said, does well, We'll probably do a, a membership RuneScape episode and call it RuneScape membership, you know. Um, aside from that, we'll have more topics hopefully coming out here soon. I still want to touch on collecting video games and video game collections and retro video games eventually here on the podcast. So, um, yeah. You know, we'll probably do a Jedi Knight podcast coming out here soon this fall. Um, so stay tuned to our, to our podcast. Thank you to everyone who listens to us on a regular basis whenever we do put out an episode. Um, please be sure to check out my website, halffullreviews.com. Um, we also have a Disney blog called foreverdisneyadulting.com. Um, again, those are both projects of mine that I pair up with people to do. Zeke, you have anything fascinating you want to plug? Anything interesting going on? Nah, not really. Let's give people our RuneScape names in case they want to find us in-game. Um, although I think you might need to message us in the Half Full Reviews Discord first, because I think you have to friend each other to chat in the game. So go to halffullreviews.com, scroll down to the bottom, click join the Discord, find Zeke and me. We're called Jedi Zeke and Jedi DJ in the Discord. It's pretty easy to find us. Or just drop a chat in general chat if you want to play with us, and we'd love to help out new players or returning players or even just chat with you a few minutes about RuneScape. My in-game name is Jedi DJ, J3DI space DJ. Zeke, do you have yours pulled up? Yeah, J3DI, just like his space, but it's E K um, E Z Z. So Jedi Ekez with two Zs. Um, so that's our names. Friend us in RuneScape, and then drop us a line Discord and tell us you friended us if you're looking to play, and we will chat with you and talk with you. We might even give you some some free armor or something to help you out if you're new, because I've got a little bit stocked up. Um, with that said, if you'd like to support the show, we do have a Patreon. You can go to halffullreviews.com, scroll down to the bottom and click that Patreon, become a, a monthly patron for us. We really would appreciate that. It'll help us get out to some big gaming events and, and do maybe some more newsy episodes, get some cool content. Um, you can also just support us just by listening, telling a friend about us. We appreciate that. Leave us a review in iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and hit that sweet outro music. Um, I was your host, DJ, and with me is my brother, Zeke. Goodbye, everybody. May the force be with you. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Half Full Gaming Podcast. This show was produced by myself, DJ Zauner, and my brother, Zeke Zauner. The music was done by Rebecca Zauner. We invite you to check out our website at halffullreviews.com. From there, you can join the Discord, support us on Patreon, or read some awesome articles on movie and video game reviews. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.